Well, I hope you had a great Christmas and a great New Year. Um, over the break, uh, my kids watched the Back to the Future series. I learned as a dad, like growing up in the 80s and 90s, that my kids had not seen Back to the Future. And so I felt like I had kind of failed as a parent. And over the break, I decided we're going to watch Back to the Future, one, two, and three. And so my kids are now caught up. They can be a part of you know civilization now. They, they've seen Back to the Future. But here's what's interesting. Uh, since they've seen Back to the Future and since they saw all three of them in order and in a short time frame, okay, my kids are now saying that that's heavy or they're saying, great Scott, or one of them challenged me the other day to do something. And I said, no. And he said, what are you, yellow? Are you a chicken? So my kids are talking like Back to the Future and they don't even realize that these movies are like from the 80s. They're talking like someone would back in the 80s saying that's heavy or great Scott. But here's what I love about Back to the Future. And here's what's true about Back to the Future, the whole series. Back to the Future is about what happened. It's about what is happening and it's about the future, what's going to happen. And that's what the book of Daniel is all about. The book of Daniel is the book that we're going to be reading and studying for uh, the next nine weeks or so, at least a couple of months or so. We're going to walk through the book of Daniel verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And the book of Daniel is about what has happened but it's also about what is happening, like what's happening right now, even today. And the book of Daniel is actually about what's going to happen. The book of Daniel is one of the most prophetic books in all of the scripture right there alongside Revelation. And so I'm excited for us to start this series together as a church. Now in this series, here's what my, my hope is. And this will make more sense for those of us who uh, are, are on the left side of the aisle or the right side of the aisles, politically speaking. Uh, my, my goal, my hope, my prayer in this series is to not direct you necessarily to the left or to the right, because there's really little to no hope in the left or to the right. My hope, my, my prayer, my goal in this series is to lift us up. It's to that, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be lifted up that we might gain a better perspective, that we might get God's perspective on what's happened, what's happening now, and what's going to happen. And I believe the book of Daniel is going to do that for you and for me. It's going to lift us up and give us some perspective. Now, here's what we're going to do today since um, it, it, it's snowing and we've canceled services and we're online only right now. We are just going to give you an intro to the book. Today, we planned on doing an intro and chapter one. We're going to do the rest of chapter one next week. We're just going to give you an intro to the book this week. So if you got your Bible, uh, turn to Daniel chapter one. You can open up our app would be a great idea to open up our app, the City Church Lubbock. You can download that in your app store. The verses are there for you to follow along with. You can fill in the blank as we go. And, and trust me, in this series, you're going to want to take some notes. You're going to want to be able to follow along. And a great way to do that is on our app. All the verses will be there. You can fill in the blank. Uh, you can even enter in some of your own notes and then email yourself all those notes when we're done with the message today. So Daniel 
chapter 1. And as you're turning there or as you're opening your Bible app or the City Church Lubbock app, uh, I just want to thank our media team, our media staff, our media volunteers. Without them, uh, we couldn't do things like this, like have online services. Uh, we, we met a guy in this past week that just uh, was released from our Hope City campus which is the services that we have operating in the Lubbock County Detention Center and uh, the, the County Residential Treatment Center right across the street. And he had just gotten released and, and he came up and, and he was talking with us and, and Pastor Fred, our Hope City campus pastor, was introducing him to me and I, I know to guys like Phil on our media team and, and, and others and just letting them know, hey, these are the guys that helped put on this service. And, and this man met Jesus and his life was changed by Jesus by these services that our media team, all of you guys that run a camera or a video switcher or the guys in the back that uh, that run the slides for our computers or do our lights, all sound, all those things. I just want to say thank you to you guys because you're making things like this happen and you're enabling men like Victor who was released this week to hear the great news of the gospel and participate in services with us. I ran into a couple this week when I was uh, eating out eating the lunch. And um, I ran into an older couple who said that uh, they, they love being able to participate in our services online. They haven't been able to come back yet uh, because uh, the, the, this man has diabetes. And so uh, he hasn't been able to make it back yet. And, and so he was just thanking me and our team uh, for putting our services online and for doing the live worship services so that they could continue to be a part of our church and, and worship with us. I read about a lady in our prayer wall this week on our app. And if you ever have a prayer request, you can post that on our prayer wall on our app. And a lady said she was so thankful for the online services our church does because her family has not been able to return because uh, they have uh, COVID right now and they've been able to continue to participate and, and, and be a part of our church in this time. And so I just want to say thank you again to our media team that just lets us do things like this. So Daniel chapter one, starting in, in verse one, this is God's word. Uh, the word of God tells us that all scripture is God breathed and it's useful for teaching us and rebuking us and comforting us and changing us. And this is the, the word of God. And so I believe God is about to speak to you and to me as we read his word. And so Daniel chapter one, we're gonna look at just verse one and two. And then we're going to give you some background on the book. We're going to introduce some of the characters and just give you an introduction to the book of Daniel. So Daniel chapter one, verse one and two, here we go. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah. So, so the nation of Israel, God's people has been divided into two kingdoms. You've got Israel in the North and Judah in the South. And there were Kings of Israel and Kings of Judah. You had Solomon and after Solomon, uh, you had the, the kingdom of Israel divided into two. There was basically civil war. They're divided into, you got Israel in the north and Judah in the south. So during the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. So this book was written based on the history that we have here. It was written about 605 BC. It's actually one of the last Old Testament books written in the Old Testament. Daniel is contemporary with the prophets Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Habakkuk, 
And Babylonia is referenced here in verse 2. When Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia, Babylonia is literally the land of Shinar. And here's why this is important. Because the land of Shinar is the site of the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. You see, Babylon, root word there being Babel, is synonymous. This word through all throughout the scripture is synonymous with opposition to God, with rebelling against God and his ways. You might remember, if you know the story, in Genesis chapter 11 of the Tower of Babel, the people of Babel decided they were going to make their own way to God, and they would build this tower that they might literally and quite physically build this tower to heaven so that they might reach heaven, they might reach God. And they said, let us make a name for ourselves They were about their own fame, their own glory. And so they rebelled against God and they built this tower. And so this is the the same land, the land of Shinar where the Tower of Babel and that whole story unfolded and, and took place. And so this word all throughout the scripture, remember the story of Daniel is about what's happened, what is happening and what's going to happen. Babel, Babylonia, Babylon is synonymous with opposition to God, with rebellion against God, all throughout the scripture. So here's the first thing I want you to see about the book of Daniel. Number one, Daniel is about Babylon. The book of Daniel is about Babylon. And in fact, Babylon was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 39, verse six. Isaiah prophesied that the Israelites would be taken captive and taken into exile and destroyed by Babylon. God warned his people for nearly 500 years that if they continued in their sin and in their idolatry and in their rebellion against him, that if they continued in this sin, that he would punish them because God disciplines his kids. And if the discipline doesn't work, then the the punishment comes. And so for 500 years, God is warning his kids that if you do not turn from your sin, a punishment is coming. Now, I know some of you are parents that are watching right now. Now, just imagine, I know some of you, you've been home with your kids over Christmas break. Uh, last March, a lot of you, your kids have, were home for about six months from the time COVID started till the beginning of school this past year. And, and so I know some of you have spent a lot of time with your kids over the last year and you have warned them and you have pleaded with them. You have maybe even, you know, uh, negotiated with them. You probably bribed them to get you to get them to do the things that you want them to do. You've probably gotten desperate with your warnings and your punishments and your disciplines, right? I mean, I know you have because we have too. We're right there with you. We've got three at our house. But can you imagine parents, can you imagine having kids for 500 years I mean, a lot of us are like, hey, I'll take some, I'd love to have kids for a while, but then they're going to graduate, they're going to move on, and uh, we're, we're going to be done with that season of our life. It's a great season, but all of us as parents, I think if we're honest, we're like, it's a great season, but when you start to see that light at the end of the tunnel, I, there's another season coming. Now, can you imagine dealing with your kids, punishing, warning, disciplining your kids for five hundred years warning that if you don't listen, if you don't do what I tell you to do, if you don't do it the way I tell you to, if you don't do when I tell you to, can you imagine 500 years? You would lose your patience. I'm willing to bet 
You would lose your, I mean, some of us can't last for 24 hours without losing our patience, right? God for 500 years warned his kids, if you do not turn from your sin, punishment is coming. And so punishment did come through the nation of Babylon, through King Nebuchadnezzar, as was prophesied by people like the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah. And so King Jehoiakim, who's this king of Judah, the last king of Judah before Babylon comes and wipes them out and takes them into exile. King Jehoiakim is the last straw. King Jehoiakim kills the prophet Uriah. He wants to kill the prophet Jeremiah. He does whatever he wants. His approval ratings are very high with the people of Judah, but God despised him. And the last straw was when King Jehoiakim burned, literally burned the word of God. He not only didn't value it, which would be bad enough. He didn't just not listen to it. That would have been bad enough. He took the word of God and he burned it. And so God delivered King Jehoiakim. He delivered Israel first, then Judah next into destruction, into exile. And here's what's interesting in verse two. Look, look with me in verse two. It says, the Lord gave him, that's Nebuchadnezzar, victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah. And that's important to notice that it was the Lord God who allowed this to happen. This wasn't something that took God by surprise. God allowed this to happen. In fact, the word for God here in verse two is the sovereign God. The Hebrew word means the sovereign God. Daniel was intentionally using this word for God saying this was God's doing. God is in control. God not only allowed this to happen, God brought this on. The word here in verse two for gave him over is literally delivered. It delivered, gave him over. It wasn't Nebuchadnezzar's military might or brilliance that brought about the downfall of Jerusalem. It was the sovereign will of God. God in his sovereignty permitted Nebuchadnezzar to come against Judah in order to judge King Jehoiakim and this sinful nation. For hundreds of years, remember, the Lord had warned his wayward people to repent or face judgment, but they had not listened to his servants, the prophets, Moses even had predicted Israel's captivity as a consequence for their eventual and possible forsaking of the Lord. God had been patient, but Israel's sin had now reached its limit and judgment came. Now, here's what you need to know about Babylon. Behind Babylon is a spirit, is a spirit and so when we talk about Babylon, or when we say Daniel is about Babylon, we're also talking about the nations of Persia who would conquer Babylon, and Greece who would come to power after Persia, and Rome who would come to power after Greece. Many of the nations that this book, as we read it, you're going to learn more about. One nation would conquer the next nation. And so when we say there's a spirit behind Babylon, and when we say that Daniel is about Babylon, we're saying Daniel is about literally this spirit behind Babylon, this spirit that is present behind every one of these idolatrous nations. It's the same spirit that's behind Babylon as is behind 
Persia and Greece that would follow and Rome that would follow it and other nations that would follow it. You see, here's what you need to know about Babylon and this spirit of Babylon. It is a demonic counterfeit. You see, whatever God creates, Satan counterfeits. Let me say that again. Whatever God creates, Satan counterfeits. And so the spirit of Babylon under the rule of Satan seeks to counterfeit everything that God creates. And so in the scripture, God has a bride. Well, Babylon is called the mother of all prostitutes. God has a bride. Well, Satan counterfeits the bride with a prostitute. And so behind nations, empires, movements, are spirits. It's the spirit of Babylon. It's at work in every culture, every nation, every age. It's behind education. It's in media. It's in social media. You see, Daniel, the book of Daniel is about what always happens. And here's what the spirit of Babylon wants to do. The spirit of Babylon wants to make you Babylonian. It wants to take over every single sphere of your life. The spirit of Babylon wants to take over parenting, sexuality, government, education, and work. That's what the spirit of Babylon, this spirit that's behind the nation of Babylon, wants to do. And so Babylon is just a a greater idea or illustration of the work that Satan is doing and has always done and wants to do and to lead a rebellion against God. You see, before time began, there was a war in heaven. In Revelation chapter 12, we learn about this war that took place in heaven. And this war continues in time and space now and continues until Christ returns and ends this war. There's an invisible war that you and I can't see in the spiritual realm, and there's actually a visible war that takes place right now that wants to lead us away from God, that wants to lead us in rebellion against God. In fact, in the book of Revelation, it says in the end that this great war that happens between God and his children and Satan and his followers. And and when Jesus wins this war, the book of Revelation, it says this, that fallen is Babylon the great. You see, Babylon is this blanket statement. It's this blanket word that is the, the, the very definition of the people who rebel against God, who hate God, who hate his kids. And so, Daniel, and in the book of Daniel, we learn and we see how God raises up kings and nations and he brings down kings and nations. And so the book of Daniel will show us and will teach us and will warn us of turning your culture or your nation into something of pride that you trust in, that you identify with, or that you worship. Because behind every nation, behind every culture, in every age, is the spirit of Babylon at work to lead us away from God. Secondly, 
the book of Daniel is about Daniel. He's the one of the main characters in this. Now, Daniel is a high school kid. He's in a royal family, not necessarily directly in line, like into uh, for, for section uh, succession to the, the, the throne, but Daniel is in the extended royal family, and this book covers his life. And Daniel is faithful from the beginning of his life to the end of his life. You see, when it starts, Daniel's a teenager, roughly 14 or 15, early high school kid. But when it ends, after 69 years in the nation of Babylon, in captivity, in exile, he's 80 plus years old at the very end. And so the book of Daniel is both for the young and old and everyone in between. Regardless of how old you are, the book of Daniel is for you. Daniel was a prisoner of war. He was trafficked. He was most likely a eunuch, made a eunuch. He was vegetarian or was forced to eat only vegetables. And so if you think you got it bad, just remember what Daniel's life was like. He was an innocent person. But the book of Daniel will show us and teach us that innocent people suffer. Daniel didn't commit the sin. His people did. His leaders did, but he reaped the punishment because of his ancestors and because of his, his leaders, like King Jehoiakim, rebelled against God. You see, your decisions and my decisions have consequences, and oftentimes they can affect all kinds of other people we never had any idea about. Daniel is innocent in all of this, yet he suffers. Daniel and his friends are in a position that you and I are actually in. We are members of one kingdom living in another kingdom. And we have to adapt just like Daniel and his friends do. They're faithful to God. They worship God. They maintain their values. They, They have faith and hope all with all of these cultural pressures all around them. And quite literally facing death, they remain faithful and obedient to their God. They continue to worship God in spite of their suffering and in spite of the compromise that they continually are faced with. Daniel and his friends get Babylonian names. They learn the language. They dress like Babylonians. They get jobs. They're serving in the government. And none of this actually is unfaithful to God. But then there are some things that they are faced with. There are some things they are faced with where they have to swim upstream in order to be faithful to God. You see, it doesn't take any effort to go with the current, to do what everyone else is doing. That takes no effort. All you have to do is stop trying. That takes a lot of work and effort, though, to not go with the current, to swim upstream. You see, full assimilation in Babylon is not faithfulness. And it's the same with the Jesus movement and the Roman Empire. It's the same for us today, even here in America. Full assimilation is not faithfulness. And it takes effort to go against the current. Jesus said that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And so in this series and through this book, we're going to learn how to be in Babylon, but not of Babylon. The moment I'm comfortable In Babylon is the moment I'm not following Jesus. 
It's difficult to be allegiant to the kingdom of God while living in the kingdoms of this world. And we're going to talk all about that in this series. And then finally, the book of Daniel is about Jesus. The book of Daniel is about Jesus. We have one king, and we learn that throughout the book of Daniel. There is one king that rules over all nations, the king of kings, and his name is Jesus. There is one country, the kingdom of God, that reigns over all the nations on earth and all the nations that have ever existed. When you read through the book of Daniel and we study it, you're going to learn about this rock that dashes all these pagan nations to pieces. And it's speaking of a rock that one day is going to come and going to return and dash all the nations to pieces and will defeat Babylon the spirit of Babylon that wages war against God. You see, Jesus is the greater Daniel. Daniel points to Jesus. The book of Daniel is about Jesus. It's about the return of Jesus. Check this out. Both men, both Daniel and Jesus, went from the glory of royalty to the humility of poverty and returned in glory to royalty. Both went from home to enter a world that was dark and opposed to them and all they believed. Both were filled with the Holy Spirit. Both traveled with a few faithful friends through adversity and hardship. Neither men married or fathered a child. Both were forced to walk to their doom in chains. Both stopped often to pray for wisdom and strength to make it through their trials. Both were wrongly accused and arrested on false charges. Both were found to be innocent of those charges. Both were placed in a tomb or a pit with a stone covering over the entrance and both miraculously were delivered alive, thought to be dead, but miraculously delivered alive. You see, here's what you need to know about Daniel. Daniel is with Jesus right now. Daniel's faith is now sight. Daniel wasn't taken out of Babylon. Daniel walked through Babylon and he is with Jesus now. And so here's my big idea for you today. God takes you through Babylon, not out of Babylon. Let me say that again. It should be on your screen. You can fill in the blank. God takes you through Babylon, not out of Babylon. Did you know that was Joseph's story too? Like almost everything that we've talked about today, it was Joseph's story too. Joseph was sold into slavery and left for dead by his brothers, thrown into a pen with a covering put over. And he was found and he was rescued and he was innocent, but he suffered greatly. He was wrongly accused. He was thrown in prison, but he rose to royalty. He went from the pit to the palace, just like Daniel did and just like Jesus did. But Joseph recognized that everything that happened to him, he wasn't angry with his brothers. He wasn't mad at his brothers. He wasn't bitter towards his brothers. Joseph said and told his brothers, everything that happened to me was the Lord's doing. Everything. God was in control the whole time. This was all God's doing. And Joseph wasn't taken out of slavery. He wasn't taken out of Egypt. God helped him through, took him through Egypt as he strengthened him and as he gave him wisdom to navigate Egypt. 
Daniel wasn't taken out of Babylon. God would fill him with this spirit and give him wisdom and strength and resolve. You'll see all these things next week and in the following weeks. God took Daniel through Babylon, not out of Babylon. That was Jesus' story too. Right after Jesus was baptized, Jesus went into the desert where he was tempted by the devil. He was hungry. He was thirsty. And the devil tempted Jesus over and over and over again. But God didn't take Jesus out of the desert. Jesus went into the desert. God took Jesus through the desert. And that's our story too. And just like Joseph, just like Daniel, just like Jesus, we need the spirit of God in us and we need God's people around us, just like Daniel had, that we might be taken through Babylon, not out of it. Now, one day Jesus is going to return and defeat Babylon and take us out of Babylon into the kingdom of God. But for now, and until that day that Jesus returns, God is taking us through Babylon. And so we need his spirit inside of us. We need his people around us. And so to that point, let me challenge you this as we begin this series. You need to be in one of our city groups. And even more so during this series, as our city groups are turning into discussion groups around what we're talking about here in the book of Daniel. We provided them discussion questions and, and, and all the, the Bible verses and everything so that you guys can continue to, to discuss and, and talk about and read together and pray through everything that we're talking about here on the weekends. And so I want to challenge you to get into a city group and you can do that on our app right now. Just download our app, uh, go to right there on the homepage, it says city groups, and then select find a group and you can find a group that works for you. Or if you prefer, you could start a group, you could start a discussion group. And that's easy to do right now. Get some family, get some friends, coworkers, whatever it might be. Just get some people around you that you want to read the book of Daniel with and discuss it with. And just fill out that form. Click that link in the city groups pot on our app that says start a group. And then there's a little form that tells you about it. And, and then once you do, Brandon, one of our executive pastors, will be in touch with you to help you uh, get that group started and make sure you have our discussion guide to help lead that new group, but you need God's people around you just like Daniel had in order to make it through Babylon. And so I want to challenge you to get into a group. Now, here's what I want you to know as you walk through Babylon, that just like Daniel and his friends, and just like the nation of Israel was delivered into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, delivered into Babylon, you are where you are for a reason. God has delivered you into whatever context you're in, into the, the city, the, the job, the, the school district, the, the neighbor. God has you where he wants you for a reason. And he's going to use you just like God used Daniel to be a witness to be a missionary right where you are. Just like Daniel and his friends, as you'll read in this series, are missionaries in Babylon. God has you where you are, and he's going to give you his favor and his spirit, and he's going to give you wisdom to make it through Babylon, to navigate your context, your circle, in your job, in your family, in your neighbor, whatever that looks like for you. God has you there for a reason. God isn't going to take you out of Babylon. 
He's going to take you through it. Just like in Psalm 23, David wrote, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm walking through it. I will fear no evil because you are with me. As we walk through Babylon, in Babylon, but not of Babylon, God is with you. And so you don't have to be afraid. We're doing this series partly because I believe that we are in the last days. I believe that in my lifetime, I will see the return of Jesus. And I believe that we are living in a present day Babylon. And while that may scare some of you, I believe it's great news because God shows the value of the gospel. God shows his power. He shows his faithfulness in evil times. And you and I need to know how to survive in Babylon. You and I need to know how to be faithful in Babylon. And so that's why we're doing this series. God, I pray that you would use this series and even today, God, to set our hearts on fire for the word of God. God, I pray that you would use this series to draw people to yourself. I'm sure as we walk through this series over the next couple of months, there are going to be Babylonians, people who are unbelievers, who are going to watch this or hear this or or come to church and hear these things. And, And God, I pray that you would do what your word says you do with the power of the gospel. And that is remove the blinders that the God of this age, the spirit of Babylon has put over the minds and the eyes of unbelievers. And God, I pray they would see the great news of the gospel in Jesus, that our King died for us in our place for our sin, that we might have our sins forgiven and be made right with God so that we can know for sure that when we die, we're going to heaven. God, I pray that today and through this series, people would put their faith and trust in Jesus. They would quit rebelling against God and they would give their life to Jesus, the King of Kings who rules over all kings and nations and one day is going to return. He's coming back for us, for his bride, for the church. And he's going to take us out one day. He is going to take us out of Babylon and into his kingdom. And one day he will have final victory over Babylon. And so God, I I pray that every knee right now that is watching this would bow to the King of Kings. They would quit rebelling against God and they would place their faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sin. And God, I pray for those of us who are believers living in Babylon, God, I pray that through this series, you would would help us to, to see how we can be in Babylon, but not of Babylon. And God, give us the faith, the belief, the trust to know that even though you don't take us out of Babylon, you're going to take us through it. And so God, use this series, help us to survive, help us to be faithful in Babylon by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen.